This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 I am here with Mr. Adam Johnson, who is the president of Johnson Property Investments Incorporated. Adam. Hey, thanks for having me, Jasper. I really am excited and I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to have you on the podcast, man. Um, I've noticed that you've been putting out some cool videos. You start your own YouTube uh, channel and uh, you've been putting out some good stuff. So um I definitely wanted to to invite you, and thanks for taking the time. Um, so in this podcast, we're, we are going to talk about uh, specifically direct bookings, but also just kind of general strategies uh, for us hosts to, to get ourselves through this crisis, uh, but also how to deal with everything on a mental level. I've mm-hmm. noticed that Adam has a very strong mindset, a very good mindset. Um, so I'd love to dive into that as well, but, um, why don't you go ahead and uh, kind of introduce yourself and let us know what you're up to with your company. So, yeah, you know, Adam Johnson, we started our real estate investing business about five years ago in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, we began like everyone else does trying to flip houses. Uh, we quickly learned that there was more longevity and, and more wealth building through residential rentals. Uh, we began, uh, acquiring properties, uh, subject to, which is the way we, able to acquire homes without putting any money into the homes to, to acquire the property, converting, converting them into long-term rentals, um, and then just letting the wealth build. Uh, we got up to about 40, we're at 40 houses right now. Some of those are short-term rentals. Some of those are long-term rentals. Um, and we absolutely love it. We're able to help people in a bad situation, get rid of a property that they maybe not be able to, can't, can't afford to take care of, or maybe behind on payments. We're able to convert into a rental to help other families get into homes that maybe other bigger management companies wouldn't work with. Um, and now we've developed this real, uh, real estate investing, you know, REI simplified YouTube channel to be able to, to give back free content to help as many people as we can. Because I remember what it was like on day one, not having the answers <laughs> and making all the mistakes. So we try to give that to the, the public for free to help them get started in real estate to show them that there's, there is little to be scared about, but you can mitigate risk and, and make educated, uh, you know, guesses and, and really just jump into real estate because it is rewarding. And now we are financially free. Uh, we have passive income that supports our lifestyles and we cannot be happier for, for taking that risk up front five years ago. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the short term rental side of your business, because I know you're, you're doing investing, you're doing long terms. Um, what's how many how many units do you have on on short term rental platforms? So right now we have, we just did our twenty first uh, unit. Uh, we put that on right after everything kind of went downhill with the the pandemic. 
Uh, luckily, through direct marketing, we had found a tenant for a three-month stay um, before we even had it done. So we're still, you know, plugging along. We're still marketing and, and getting clients, and we're still, as of this past weekend, we were 100% occupied Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So um, it's not as easy as it was. We're, you know, we are definitely working our tails off, but we're not quitting by any means. That's awesome. And I, I saw you're, uh, you're getting a lot of direct bookings through Hostly, right? Which is the sponsor of this uh, podcast. We're very good friends with Hostly. So uh, it was cool to see that you're, uh, you're having such good success with their uh, direct booking engine. Yes. Yeah, we love it. We, we, started, we uh, signed up with Hostly about eight or nine months ago. Um, the platform is great. Um, there are small minor bugs to work through, but you know, no, no system is perfect. Um, it is a one-stop shop. So I can send my 21 properties to potential clients. They can look at all of our homes, see the location. They can pay there. Um, we love it. And it has definitely streamlined our process. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so let's, uh, let's go back uh, a few weeks, right? Cause you're mentioning 21 units. Um, just kind of walk us through what happened about four weeks ago or six weeks ago when, when the cancellation starts coming in, like, how did you, how did you manage that? Yeah. So for us, our world turned upside down on Friday, the 13th of March. Um, we immediately like the rest of Airbnb hosts started getting cancellations and we had about give or take 80% of our next six weeks of income to be dropped off, uh, completely wiped off of our calendar. Um, so immediately I tell people I had about a five minutes worth of panic and, you know, and how are we going to do this? We have bills, so on and so forth. And then I went back to my training as the army guy and special forces of owning the situation. And it's my fault. We're here. Um, and we, my wife and I sat down, we developed a course of action, a plan. We started making phone calls immediately to previous, to, 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 to previous guests to future guests if they want to extend or check in early and all these things just started happening. And within about a three or four day period, we were almost back to the same amount of occupancy level that we were prior to the Airbnb quote unquote, I guess, shutdown, if you will. So it was just literally taking ownership of, of why we were there. We put, we gave too much of our, I guess, power away to Airbnb because they control the process. They control the client, they control everything. And it was my fault for allowing that to happen. So we took it upon ourselves to realize that this is our business. It is on us to get bookings. It is on us to market. It is on us to get those houses filled. And we have not looked back. We still are on Airbnb, don't get me wrong. And we still, but uh, we still receive bookings from Airbnb, not to the, to the, the volume as we were. Um, and I would like to get to where, you know, we're 80% direct bookings and, you know, 15, 10% Airbnb and maybe home away, take some of that and BRB, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's my business. It's your business. You're responsible. Um, and, and Airbnb, that client is not your client. That's Airbnb's client. And so, again, I want to work directly. I want to give my house to the client coming in and I want to own the process, own the payment, own the deposit, instead of relying on a third party that has all the control using my property. So it's just it's just a different way of looking at where you are, what we're doing, um, and who's responsible, you know, overall with the failures or success. Yeah, man, I, I love that you that you took that uh, that ownership. I think that's something that's really important in, in any business. Uh, is the th there's a book called um, Extreme Ownership. Yes. 
Have you heard of it? I talk about it all the time and I, I push it on anybody that will listen. Wow, that's awesome. And, uh, give us some uh, give us some of your ideas around around that book and how important uh, ownership is. So so Jocko Willick, I think if I'm saying his name right, he's a prior Navy SEAL. I was a prior Green Beret Special Forces. So so I did what he did in the Army side, Navy SEALs. You know, we have a, a, a brotherly like rivalry. Um, but <laughs> that's how I was raised in, in being a Green Beret is, you know, what happens is my fault, good or bad. Um and that, that is a powerful statement. The day that you accept all responsibility for your failures and success, that, that, that's when your life is going to change. We're so quick to, to be thankful for our successes and be like, yes, I did that. I won the game. I bought that house. But it's never I missed a shot or I messed up that deal. You know, we, we, don't, we don't take the same enjoyment or responsibility for our failures as we do our successes. That's a great mindset, man. That's a great mindset. And I think that's that mindset is especially important when the thing things are tough, right? Because yes. when it's smooth sailing, you know, you can kind of float along with the wind. Um, but uh when when things are getting tough, that's when that's when you really have to stand up and and uh and decide like, you know, how do you wanna how do you wanna approach this challenge, right? Do you wanna yeah. do what you're talking about where you're like, okay. I can't, I can't control the world. I can only control my own actions. And, you know, I am going to do whatever I can to make the best of, of this situation. Yes. Right? Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. And so um, you mentioned earlier that you, within a few days, you were almost back to the same occupancy that you were before. So that's, that's incredible. That's over, over 21 units. Um, so can you, can you share some advice for the people that are listening and people who aren't at that level yet? Like what, what can they do to, to get there? Um, so I, I would say, uh, put your pride behind you. Um, you have to realize that the business success relies on you solely and no one's going to come and save you. Um, I, you know, I, I had, we had, we had hired so much out uh, for like the lawn care, the cleaning amongst other uh, type of tasks that we have within our business. Um, even the marketing, I had given most of the power to Airbnb for marketing for us. Um, I realized that, Hey, this is going to happen. It's going to be on our shoulders to make this happen. So unfortunately we didn't want to downsize. We, that was not our, our plan. Um, but we also have our numbers are very clear on what our expenses are, what our other costs are, what our income needs to be. Um, so what we did as far as the occupancy, uh, if you ever watch Sean Rakajic, his uh, his his uh, YouTube channel, we, we were kind of a step or two ahead of him as far as realizing we have to lower our prices. Um, we have to be the ones in the homes making the, doing the cleanings. Um, we have to do the lawn care. We have to. It doesn't matter if, it, if I work 85 hours a week, 95 hours a week, 110. It does not matter. The only thing that matters, you know, I learned this from the Army, once again, is mission success. If it takes me working, you know, seven days a week, that's what it takes. There's, there is no one to lean on or fall back on. So it was immediately making those phone calls, uh, those, those tough phone calls of, unfortunately, the, the money isn't where it needs to be. The income isn't where it needs to be right now. So we had to let a few people go. That was a hard decision. But like I said, at the end of the day, we have to make this business work. Failure is not an option. And here's what I want to impress upon you know, anybody listening to this is uh, I think Tony Robbins mentions in one of his books, we all see things as um, short-term pleasure equals long-term pain, 
short-term pain equals long-term pleasure. So it's going to be hard for the next four, six, eight, ten weeks, maybe longer. But I've said this so many times, when the world catches back up, when this is all gone and the, the, the floodgates open, business is going to boom. All those weddings, bar mitzvahs, volleyball tournaments, whatever that was canceled is going to have to catch back up. Those travelers are going to be on those planes. Those Airbnbs are going to be filled. And where we're charging $55 a night because there's no occupancy, we'll be charging $255 a night once everything opens back up. So you just got to weather the storm, short-term pain, long-term pleasure, deal with it and make it happen. Yeah, I love that. And uh, Eric, um, I, uh, my business partner, he, uh, he loves that saying, uh, short-term pain, long-term gain. Uh, one there of our go. company values is actually uh, discipline equals freedom. It kind of goes back to the same um, principle, right? It's like if you, if you are disciplined and you do the thing that you have to do, even if it's painful in the short term, that's where you can create the gain long-term gain or, or, or the freedom, if you will. Yep. Um, so let's, let's go uh, back and dive a little bit deeper into you were in, you mentioned you called all your past guests on the phone, mm-hmm. correct? Can you, can you kind of walk us through how you did that? Because I know, I know you can see the phone numbers of your past guests in, uh, in Airbnb. Um, I mean, do you just straight out call them or do you text them first or how does that work? So, so what we do within our business, I have a little um, blurb or blueprint or whatever you want to call it of a text message we send out uh, immediately after the Airbnb guest checks out. It is something like, you know, think, you know, hey, Stacy, thank you for staying with us on Airbnbs. Uh, next time we can save you 20 percent by booking directly. Here's our link. We give them the link. And also we uh, get twenty dollar uh, re- referral fees if you, you know give our information to a family or friend. That right there is so basic, so plain, but we get so much returning guests because people do want to stay with us. They, you know, why not get the same property for a 15, 20% discount? So pay less for the same property. And oh, by the way, we control the, the entire process. So we do that. We we do call because some people, uh, some people are more comfortable, especially the kind of the, you know, the, the older generation of our of our clients, at least is what we feel, are more comfortable over the phone than they are text message. You know, links and that kind of stuff may not be their language, but I can pick up and call and say, hey, Miss Stevenson, we really enjoyed you staying at Flower Drive for this duration, blah, blah, blah. And just make it more personal by kind of bringing up the, the history that, between she and, and our business and how we can benefit her moving forward. Because right now we're, we're that's, what, that's our plug. We're giving discounts. Our homes are great for quarantine. They're, they're disinfected, all the surface, and we use a 58-point cleaning inspection. All these types of buzzwords are helping um, make our potential clients feel good about coming to stay with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you reach out to people by email as well, to your past guests? We do not. Um, we don't do email because personally, uh, I just feel like it's so much, it's less, less personal, and it's so easy just to not read an email. It's so easy just scan through it for someone you don't know, but a text message saying, you know, Hey, Stacy, this is Adam and a Surrey from Johnson property investments. There's, we've already have a relationship together. Um, because we, we do a lot of branding with inside of our properties as well. So while you're staying with us, you're seeing our name, you're seeing our logo, you're seeing that we do direct bookings. So it's, Oh yeah, I, I do recall that, you know, that you guys offer direct bookings. How can we work together and that kind of stuff. 
Hi everybody, it's Margot Schmorak. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. We are so happy to be sponsoring this podcast with Jasper in hopes that it helps you during this challenging time. Hostfully helps 17,000 property managers around the world with property management software and digital guidebooks. And even in the midst of these hard times, we're seeing our customers get creative. I thought you might like to hear a few stories from them. One of our customers who's based outside of New York City is changing their rental model and shifting to long-term stays. And despite many cancellations, she was able to get a two-month booking in one of her rentals. Another customer took advantage of this time to do some poignant email marketing, emphasizing that they thoroughly clean the rental after every guest, and also implementing a 48-hour waiting period to protect future guests from any potential harm. To hear more stories like these and prepare yourself for this very low, but hopefully very short season, please go to hostfully.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're excited to hear from you. Be well. So I, I want to go back to, uh, to what you're saying about how after this, this crisis is over, um, everyone's going to, you know, is, is going to be ready to just go and travel and, and do all the things that they weren't able to do during, during the crisis. That kind of makes me, uh, made me think of uh, when I, I used to live in Chicago and as you know, the winter is is so cold down there. Yeah. And it's extremely windy as well. So essentially during the winter, you don't go outside if you don't need to. Um, but then what happens in, in March or April, as soon as the sun starts shining and it's it's a little bit warmer, the city just explodes. There's mm-hmm. like barbecues every day, there's volleyball going on on the beach. It's just like it's just like suddenly everyone crawls out of their spaces and just the whole city explodes. Um, is that something that you, you're kind of uh, envisioning after, after the crisis is, is done here? Yeah. We as humans naturally want to be around our loved ones. We, we like being around people. We like visiting. We like uh, events. We love sharing, you know, those milestone, you know, graduations, those weddings. We just, that's, that's who we are as humans. Um, and we're, you're seeing it right now. If you look at any of the uh, the comments and that kind of stuff on social media, people just want to be around people. They want to go to restaurants mm-hmm. and they want to sit down with their their loved ones. Um, you know, we we're in a military town here uh, near Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and we're still people are still traveling to us. Not not at the volume they were, obviously, but we're still people are still messaging us saying, "Are you guys open?" You know, my daughter is pregnant with twins. And we really want to be there for the birth. We just naturally want to be around others to share those moments, and I. I, I, that's my theory is that it's going to be a boom once this is lifted. It, it may, it may not be a, um, an open the floodgates day one. Everyone just rushes out. It may take two or three weeks for people to be more comfortable because this has been such a huge scare. But I, I do believe no more than a month after all these restrictions are lifted that we're going to be back to booming. That's just my theory. I have no data to, to push that, but I, I believe we're going to be back there. Sure. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit more about direct bookings versus, uh, versus using Airbnb and other platforms. Are there any other platforms that you use, by the way, like VRBO booking? So, so yes, we do list on HomeAway, which pushes out, to, I think, 17 other uh, uh, platforms. Um, but we just, as far as our direct input, it's Airbnb, HomeAway, and then the hostly direct booking platform that we use. Got it. And you say you started using that about eight months ago, right? So before that, you weren't accepting any direct bookings? So primarily, no, because we weren't sure of all the of how to do it. We weren't sure of legalities. Um, we got a contract drawn up from our attorney. 
Um, we already had QuickBooks to invoice. I already had DocuSign so I could send potential clients a, a contract for them to sign so we could be legitimate and I could just request their photo ID. So we had those, we had those, you know, extra moving pieces. I knew how to do what I do because I've been, you know, renting houses for years now and I knew about how to, you know, get that daytime stamp on the DocuSign to make it legitimate and that kind of things of what your contract has to say. Um, but being more legitimate in the eyes of the potential guest, that's what it's about. It's a marketing thing. So here's my website, which is hostfully. Here's our, our listings, which is here's my full calendar. Um, it just it felt warmer to the potential client than getting a QuickBooks from Johnson Property Investments and getting a DocuSign email. So more moving play, more moving pieces. Um, but yeah, we've been very, very uh, thankful and, and appreciative of using that hostfully website to use as a one-stop shop direct booking platform. Sure. Um- so there's a there's a couple of things that you have to kind of understand when, when you get into direct bookings, right? So let's uh let's imagine somebody wants to start doing direct bookings, person that doesn't really know how to do it, like you said, when you first started, you weren't sure exactly how to do it. But there's a couple of things important, right? Number one, it's the like you mentioned, the credibility, right? Um, because from the guest perspective, like I if I book a, a place on a direct booking website. It has to have, I have to feel some trust because I'm going to be worried about just, you know, wiring over the money and then the, it being a scam. Yeah. Right. So how, how do you build that credibility? So most of our, a lot of our direct booking clients, they find us first on one of the other two platforms, the Airbnb or Homeway, and they'll, they'll reach out to us in a creative manner. So, or if a person messages me directly and they say, you know, my friends stay with you guys before they said you have homes. I will send them my Airbnb link so they can see our properties are already and they can see the reviews, the description. They can see everything in the, the most legitimate manner as possible. We have over, I think, almost 1,050 reviews from potential or from previous guests. We have the, the track record to show our legitimacy. So then I'll, I will then send them our direct booking link, same property, same description. You can see there's a history there. Um, so that's how we, I guess, prove our legitimacy when it comes to direct booking. But even as a beginner, um, if you have, you know, you have your home on Airbnb, you have one house and you've had nine guests, you can show those reviews. You can you can send those screenshots to show that we've been working in this in this area for the past six months. We've had nine guests. You can create that history. It doesn't have to be years and years of history, but even six months worth shows that you you know what you're doing. You've had guests. You have a a five-star review um, and, and all those types of, again, buzzwords to make that potential client feel good about working with you directly, paying you directly, signing that contract and staying in your home. And that's something that uh, a lot of hosts worry about is the security, right? Yes. Um, because who, how do you know that the person that will come to your home is who they, who they say they are? Um, yes. How do you make sure that you get the payment? Um, yes. And what if they what if they do damage to your property? Yes. So all those are very, very valid. And we all should worry about those. Let me just say, um, as far as my time working with Airbnb, even though they have a one million dollar guarantee, sometimes getting even fifty dollars is like pulling teeth for dog damage, uh, stained sheets. So. Take that for what it's worth. I'm not going to bash anybody, but even that million dollar guarantee, it's hard to get 50 cents sometimes. Um, but as far as protecting your asset, your property with your contract, 
Um, I tell people, it's your house. If you want to do a $1,000 deposit, that is on you. If you want to do a 2000 or whatever you want to do, that's on you. So, so one thing is you have control of the deposit. Um, secondly, um, I always get a proof of ID and the ID must uh, match the name on the credit card. That way there's no, no um, I think it's called chargebacks and that kind of stuff or no, there's no fraudulent. There's less likely for, for someone to claim a fraudulent charge if I have your ID card, I have you signing a, um, a contract and it's the same name on the credit card. So just one, th- those steps are there to kind of help, again, make it legitimate. There is no fraudulence here, uh, and this usually happens two or three weeks prior to you checking in. So it'd be different if you checked in the day, the night of, and there was a direct booking and, and other things. We typically don't do that. Direct bookings usually, our direct bookings are a week or two out, which again gives me time to get that proof of identification. And again, it's your house. If you want an ID card for everybody in the house, that's that's your prerogative. Um, it's completely up to you. But we use the August keypad. So if a person books with me and then they won't provide the identification that I require, I won't give them a door code. So I have those measurements in order, those, those obstacles that give me the control of the process. You know, we have the ring door cam so I can see if you put three people on the reservation, I only allow three people in the property. You show up with four, you're not getting into my house. There may be extra charges. We may have to renegotiate or we talk about some of the terms in the contract because when we sign our contract, we sign saying three people, for example. Um, it's going to be Stacy, Brian and Jake, whoever it is. And I have those control measures. So it's just, there is no perfect system. Don't get me wrong. My, the way we do direct booking is not perfect. Airbnb by far is not perfect when it comes to trying to get any money back for any kind of damages, um, any kind of late checkouts, any kind of smoking, all those kinds of things we have, have hosts have dealt with more than one time, more than a hundred times. Um, but I, I control the deposit. And if you're smoking and my my rules say $100 uh, fee for smoking, I'm keeping it. It is what it is. Um, so right now we charge a $300 deposit, refundable, of course, after your checkout. Um, we only, I, I get the photo ID and that kind of good stuff. Um, and if there's anything we don't feel comfortable with, we don't book with them. Again, I control the process. So let me just rehash, it's not perfect. Um, there is no system that's, that's perfect, but it gives us more control than we have working with, through a third-party host. So if, if I go on your uh, your website, on your direct booking website, right, and I can I make an instant booking? Yes, and that is, that's a you can you can like Airbnb, on, even on your direct booking site, you can put no instant bookings. You can put a must request, or you can just give them instant bookings. Um, it's, it's at least with Hostfleet, it has those capabilities to um, either automate or request through you. Got it. So if I if I create a, a direct booking with you through through Hostfleet, for example, right? Um, and then are you gonna you gonna send me an email and say like, hey, please send me a copy of your ID, and then um, I have to sign a, a contract using DocuSign, right? Is the tool that you use? Was it? So with the Hostfleet, you hang your contract on Hostfleet. There's no need for QuickBooks or DocuSign. It's all one-stop shop. So what happens is you put your terms on the contract, uh, on the, the signature page of Hostfleet, because they have to sign saying they agree to the terms. So my terms are X. Uh, the very first thing it says on my contract is um, all locals will contact me prior to booking. The second thing it says, uh, 
everyone in the property will send a photo ID after booking. So again, if you you direct book with me uh, instantly and it's two weeks out and you haven't sent your ID, you have not met the terms of this agreement. Um, and it says no refunds. So you block my counter. So if you have any reservations uh, or not comfortable giving me your ID, well, we've already, you agreed to these terms upon booking the property. So yeah, no need for DocuSign, no need for QuickBooks, no need for anything outside. You literally attach your Stripe account for payment purposes to Hostfully. You, the client, can pay me directly. It goes to Stripe and hits my checking account. That sounds like a good process. I like it. <laughs> Streamline. <laughs> awesome, man. That uh, sounds like you've, uh, you've got your, uh, your organization, your processes, and your system uh, really, really well set up. Uh, what what are your plans for for the future, especially when you know when this uh, when the restrictions are gone? Are you are you going to be looking to expand? And also, I mean, I, I think most of your units you you own, right? As an investor, yes. um, are you also interested in managing other people's units, for example? So so I, I'm a big firm believer in you know one thing at a time and really being great at your niche. Um, we are looking to continue to expand within our within organically within our business to acquire new new properties to turn them into short term rentals. Um, we're not looking into managing other people's yet. Um, I feel I'm very comfortable and confident in what we do with our properties. And again, it's it's a control thing and it's knowing what's going on and the and everything like that. Um, we're not there yet, but. Our, you know, we'd love to have 40 Airbnb short-term rentals. We'd love to, um, you know, we, we know how to hire cleaning crews. We know how to manage handyman. We know what documentation is required. Um, that's the big thing that no one talks about when they talk about real estate investing. We all talk about how to acquire their property, how to sell their property, how to um, overcome objections. And no one talks about documentation. So that's something we'll talk about later. But that is, you know, we're very confident in what we do and we are our future. Once this blows over, uh, continue to grow, continue to expand. Um, and we're looking to even potentially expand abroad uh, in a different country. You know, we have connections and uh, similar to what we do. Stay true to who we are and take the same business model uh, to a different place. That's awesome, man. What What are your thoughts on uh, how Airbnb has handled this this whole situation? You know, we all we all know that we all know that they had the extenuating circumstances policies. A lot of hosts were not very happy about you know Airbnb allowing a lot of guests to cancel uh, penalty free, and then they came out with the with the two hundred and fifty million dollars uh, that they were going to give back to hosts mm. um, and the ten million dollar um, super host relief fund. Um, and then, you know, Brian Teske did a couple of lives where he was kind of, you know, explain like, you know, what they were doing and all of that. And now they, they, they recently raised a, a billion dollars um, and they made it, it seems like they made it move into long-term rentals and online experiences. Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? Uh, in my personal opinion, it could not have been handled worse. Um, and just speaking from what we have experienced and I've also been on the forums, I've been listening to other hosts and, and what's been happening um, almost daily still. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, initially, I think, like I said, May or uh, Friday, March the 13th is when our world kind of shifted. And I'm assuming it's about the same time everyone started getting the, the, the cancellations. Um, well, one, no, we all have our own cancellation policy, ours being strict. Um, and that is what it is. That's what Airbnb agreed to uphold our terms before Airbnb could use our properties to 
service their guests. Um, that was obviously unilaterally changed or overridden without us even knowing. Um, so that was strike one. That was uh, not what we discussed, not what we signed up for. Um, secondly, is the duration that they're still allowing people to cancel. You know, if anything, in my opinion, it should have been a 50 50 split because not only, you know, our calendars were blocked, we were relying on that money, but also every guest has the opportunity or option to get traveler's insurance. Every single person before they travel, whether it's for one night or six months or $300 or $50,000, you can get traveler's insurance. So, me, the host, I should not have been uh, penalized because you, the client, did get traveler's insurance when we were banking on that money because, you know, for future operations. So that right there is another big strike of giving the guest all of the power without uh, conferring with your quote unquote partner, me and you, the host. Um, and then lastly, this continues their ex uh, extenuating circumstance continues to uh, get, you know, more and more time. So we're having guests right now that, you know, March 13th, Airbnb sent emails out to people saying you can cancel right now free, you know, uh, with no penalty. We're a month past that and people are still can still cancel today. Right now, uh, they have booked on March 2nd or 3rd with no penalty, but they've held that that spot on my calendar. So if anything, do a 50 50 split. Give them a three-day period to assess what is going on in their travel plans to cancel or not cancel instead of holding a spot because we had a cancellation yesterday for a lady that booked two months ago for a reservation next week. Why? She knew the entire time that she wasn't coming. Um, so that's that's my personal two cents on it. Um, I think it was handled very incorrectly. Um, again, we're supposed to be business partners, uh, the host along with Airbnb. And I don't feel like at no point did Airbnb even consider the best interest of the host, because let's be real. The way I think the way Airbnb sees it is, is as no guest means no money, but no host means no houses. So I think that's where they failed miserably of looking at who who's their who's in their best interest to keep the business running, because. You're going to see, including us, many, many others that are going to divert into direct bookings, home away, VRBL, because we had we've had many um, home away cancellations or attempt cancellations, but they gave us the power still to either negotiate, to cancel, or just deny. So what we did with our home away guests, because they did contact us, was say that we're not giving refunds at this point, but we are giving a credit. So if you paid four hundred dollars already, we will credit you four hundred to a future stay at your discretion. But you're not going to cancel, block my calendar, and then you know, run away scot-free. So that's my two cents. Uh, I don't feel like we're partners. I feel like Airbnb um, used my house for their benefit and didn't help me whatsoever. And we have 21 houses. These are not single units. We're not doing rental arbitrage. Those are my mortgages that we have got to pay, and we relied on Airbnb. I know people say that Airbnb says you not you shouldn't rely on them for income. I, I completely understand that. However, if we have an agreement that these are our terms, host and Airbnb, no matter how much I rely on them or not, that should be our agreement. That's how I feel. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for sharing that per perspective. Uh, I, I definitely hear you. I think that there's a lot of people that feel the same way. Um, I think uh, this definitely done uh, some damage to uh, to Airbnb's reputation and and their brand. Um, so we'll 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 see how it unfolds. 
Um, do you want to, do you want to let people know where they can uh, find your YouTube channel and where they can find your, uh, your listings in case people want to visit uh, Tennessee? Yeah. So, so our YouTube channel is REI simplified dot, I'm sorry, YouTube is REI simplified. Uh, what we do is we break down and I say this on the channel, you know, real estate situations that are complex that the beginning investor may or may not understand. And I built that that YouTube channel for the beginning investor in mind, you know, what I wish I had known five years ago before I made all the mistakes that I made before I let deals fall through because I didn't have what I needed, didn't know how to talk to sellers, didn't know how to, you know, what type of property makes a good short-term rental. We literally take everything that we've learned over the last five years and put it on this channel and we're building as we go. Um, we have a website that we started two days ago. We're uh, called reisimplified.co.co where we're hanging video tutorials, documentation, um, everything that, that, again, I wish I had known because as I said before, we don't talk about the documents. We don't, we, we find ourselves almost uh, in front of the seller before we start talking about what are the terms and what contract we need to use to get the house under contract or the rental arbitrage contract or the addendum because certain things weren't, you know, things have changed after we got under contract. So we're hanging all of our documents on this, um, on this website, we're selling it for a fraction of what we've paid for everything to be able to help as many people as we can. So if you're looking for, you know, rental agreements between you and your long-term tenants, if you're looking for rental arbitrage agreements between yourself and that landlord, if you're looking for short-term rental agreement between yourself and that direct booking client, we're putting it on there. It's for the public to use. Um, we put our information there so you can always contact us. Uh, we are here to help. It's as simple as that. Uh, we are running a business. We can't give everything for free, but I, I give as much as I can on YouTube to help as many people as we possibly can. Um, I can be reached at Adam Johnson at, I'm sorry, <laughs> Adam at JoeProInvestments.com, J-O-P-R-O Investments with an S.com. Um, and we, again, we give our heart. We give as much as we can to help as many people as we can, um, especially right now in these times. I don't want to see anybody fail. I don't want to see one Airbnb host fail because of their terms being overridden or, you know, all this that's going on. So that's us out there in the public helping as many people as we can. Um, and if we can do more, we take inquiries. We can, we, we do as much as we can to help as many people as we can. Awesome, man. Uh, really appreciate that. Really appreciate you uh, trying to try to do your do your bit to, to help people. Um, yeah. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for taking the time, man. This was, uh, this was really useful. I've definitely learned a couple of things from you. So, uh, keep crushing it, man. Hey, Jasper, it was a pleasure. Uh, have me on any time, you know, it's, it's always good to talk to other entrepreneurs, investors that do what we do. It's not for everybody. So I love and appreciate everybody that takes the risk and goes for their dream. I really do. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, for everybody who's listening, uh, you can watch these uh, podcasts live these days. Uh, every Monday at 10 a.m., I interview somebody, somebody like like Adam, for example. Um, so you can watch it live in the Airbnb Profit Club. You can also watch it on YouTube. Um, uh, not live, though, but maybe in the future, I'll try and figure out how to stream it live to Facebook and YouTube at the same time. I know it's possible. Um, but uh, but yeah, you can, uh, you can, of course, listen to it through the regular channels as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.
Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for 